over the past year so often to do this topic that I've decided today to do it. The topic for today is spirituality and money. Is it ethical and right to make money off of spiritual things? For many of us, the idea that spirituality and money can't coexist, and the idea that turning spirituality to a business is not okay, is so much a part of us that it's become a sacred idea, one that we're not even willing to question. In reality, assigning value to whatever you're offering spiritually is no different than assigning value to a kind of a physical object. Because there is no separation between that which is physical and that which is spiritual. Physical reality is an extension of source energy. Physical reality is an extension of spirit. And so, that means that money is an extension of spirit. So it's a misunderstanding to say that it's a contradiction, money, and that which is spiritual in nature. Most of us who are dedicated to spirituality pour our mind, heart, soul, money, and time into spiritual practice. We dedicate our lives to it in the same way that any other professional pours their existence into their trade. And so the question to ask yourself is, do you value your dedication and your skills do you think highly enough of yourself or what you have to offer your expertise that it is conceivable that what you know could benefit and therefore be valuable to someone else? In today's current society, would you ask a surgeon or psychologist to do what they do for free? Is it feasible that they could donate enough time to being a surgeon if they were expected to work a full-time shift at another job where it was ethical to make money? The answer is no. They would not have the time or energy to donate themselves to their work if this was the case. But this is what many of us are expecting of people in the spiritual field. That or that they be independently wealthy. <laughs> if you have trouble assigning value to your skills, it is important to ask yourself, is it really in alignment to become a living martyr? When people come to you unable to pay for what you're offering, do you look at them with an attitude of, I must rescue you because you can't afford it? Is pity and mercy love? Is pity and mercy focus upon a person's capability? Or is it in fact focus upon their incapability? Those of us who are in the spiritual and healing modalities must be incredibly deliberate about the orientation of our focus. If you are focused upon the fact that a person can't pay for something, you are in this moment focused at their incapability. If you are focusing at them as the eternal being who has access to eternal resources for creation, if you're seeing them in their aspect of capability, then why is it that you would focus at their idea that they cannot afford something and reinforce that in them, which is what you're doing when you are sacrificing yourself 
to make up for what they feel like they can't come up with. There is also a little known fact. If you offer something for free, people are less likely to think that that thing has value. Whereas if you assign value to something that you're offering, people are psychologically more able to take it seriously and to see value in whatever it is that you are offering. The truth is, we're making an enemy of money again. And you'd do better to fall in love with it. Falling in love with money is not the same thing as greed. Falling in love with money does not give rise to greed. Greed is a byproduct of the incessant focus on the lack of money. That's why it becomes a need. Greed and need are synonymous. We need to learn to treat money like we treat air. Very few people, if anyone on this earth, doubt the fact that air will continue to flow into their lungs. We don't think that we have to breathe in order for there to be air, it's just always there, ever present. We can take it in just as easily as we can let it out. Money is a flowing commodity. It comes and it goes. And it comes as quickly as it goes. And it goes as quickly as it comes. It is not meant to be a static asset. It is meant to be something that comes and goes freely. The most important thing about money in general, especially in relation to your spiritual or healing business, is that you stay in line with your own personal sense of integrity. It is never going to feel good to you to reject someone who genuinely values and desires what you have to offer but cannot financially afford it currently. If it is within your wherewithal to enable them to see you in some way without feeling as if you are sacrificing yourself. I want to say this again so you can completely understand this. It is never going to feel good to you to reject someone who genuinely values and desires what you have to offer, but cannot financially afford it currently, if it is within your wherewithal to enable them in some way without feeling as if you are sacrificing yourself. If it feels good to do, we can create a solution which enables the person to see us while at the same time not sacrificing ourselves. It's time to get creative with this. In the past, some people have created payment plans. Some accept trade. Some accept donations from people who are philanthropic and who want to pay for someone else who can't afford it themselves. The most important thing is that we are in line with our own personal sense of integrity. For one person, it is in line with their integrity to charge $200, $300, $400, dollars for whatever service they're providing. And it does not feel good to them emotionally to offer things at discount or for free. Because of this, it is very much in alignment for that person to continue to charge that amount for whatever they're offering. It's in alignment for them not to see people for a discount or for free. For another person, it may not feel so good to charge that amount. Or if they do charge that amount and that feels good, it may not feel good for them to deny people based on the fact that they can't afford that. And so it is in alignment for them to offer things at discount or for free. So it is not wrong for them to offer things at discount or for free, in the same way that it is not wrong for the first person in this scenario to not take things at a discount or do things for free. We cannot assign absolutes to what is always right and what is always wrong, what is always in alignment and what is absolutely never in alignment.
because the universe, from that perspective, does not see things as right or wrong. There is no judgment. And where people are vibrationally, their perspective is different. And so what's going to be in alignment for one person may not be in alignment for another person. Our alignment is always based on our current perspective and where we currently are vibrationally. And that always changes. So what we have to do to find alignment is going to be different person to person, day to day, moment to moment. Decide what is and what isn't in alignment with your integrity. That's the first step. The second step is to ask yourself why that is or isn't in line with your integrity. We have to know why we're doing the things we're doing, otherwise our non-beneficial beliefs are going to get mixed in with our true alignment. And most of us who are in the spiritual business and healing business are intensely dedicated towards our own alignment and towards getting rid of the vibrations which don't actually serve us. So this is your opportunity to do this relative to money. Your own sense of integrity should be your compass. Your own sense of integrity should be the basis of your every decision. We need to be willing to really do the work to figure out why it bothers us to assign a monetary value to spiritual work. This will help you to sort out the limiting beliefs and illusions from what your real beneficial truth is relative to money and spirituality. I want to remind you that choosing a value is not the same as deciding what your work is actually worth. Because worth is relative. If people don't think what you're offering is worth the monetary value you decide to place on something, they do not have to buy it. That is not your problem. It is not your job to make them happy. That is ultimately what they want you to do when they ask you to adjust your decisions to suit them. They feel powerless towards their own happiness, powerless towards money. They feel that their happiness is dependent on you making them happy. They have money wrapped up with corruption and evil and the lack of money wrapped up in righteousness and virtue. It isn't true. It doesn't have to be how it is. But it is the reality that they have bought into. And you validate those things for them if you sacrifice yourself to accommodate them. You may gain their approval, that is true. But is approval really worth sacrificing yourself for? The fact of the matter is that many of us, most of us in fact, have such a negative mindset relative to money that the extrinsic motivation of money starts to take away from the intrinsic motivation of doing what we love to do. Our beliefs about money and our mindset about money is so negative that it is true that it would be easier to just separate money from what you love to do entirely. If we are wise, we will dedicate some of our attention towards manifesting passive income, manifesting some way that money doesn't have to factor into what we're doing so that we can do what we do just because we love it, not because money has anything to do with it. That would be the best case scenario. But in the interim, do you want to dedicate your life to spiritual practice and to providing others with the fruits of that dedication? Or do you want to work at a job that you do not feel passion for just because you have been told or have been telling yourself that it is more ethical is it really more ethical to make money doing something you don't actually want to do, like working at McDonald's, than it is to involve money in your spiritual practice? The good news is that you don't have to worry. If you find that your love of money outweighs your love for spirituality, if you find that your love of money starts to undermine your ethical and spiritual values, then it's time to quit your spiritual business and make money your business. There's nothing wrong with this. 
It's called becoming an investor. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with deciding that money is your true passion, any more that it's wrong to decide that vanilla ice cream is your true passion. I promise you that though you may not be a master of them yet, there are people on this earth whose true passion in life is currency that are fabulous people. In a perfect world, I shouldn't say perfect, more perfect than what we have currently, our taxes, which we have to pay, would go towards useful things like health care. Health care that included alternative and spiritual practices as part of the coverage plan. <laughs> it is not wrong for you to desire a world that is not based on money, where everyone has everything they need all the time, no questions asked. But my guess is that unless you are off the grid completely, you live in a financially driven world. You can either resist that and make yourself miserable, or find and embrace aspects that you do love about a world that runs on the basis of finance, and continue to be in a state of joy and therefore alignment with your higher self. You can still be a free-loving, kind, compassionate, and generous person and set a price on whatever it is that you are offering. You aren't expecting everyone to pay that price. You're simply expecting that there will be people on this planet who value what you're offering enough to get that price. The ball called free will is still in their court. They can always choose whether that price is worth what they're going to get out of it or not. And if it feels like a risk to spend that money, they can choose whether the risk is worth it or not. You aren't controlling them in any way. It may surprise you. Most people are actually glad to contribute to what it is that you're doing, to contribute to your success and your well-being. This is what money enables us to do. It enables us to participate in other people's thriving. If you meet people who are not excited about participating in your thriving, it really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that they feel powerless to money. It has to do with the fact that they resent you when they feel as if you're asking them to do something that they don't feel capable of doing. That or they actually don't value what it is that you're doing. Either way, it's their choice to make that judgment call. It has nothing to do with you. It is always up to the person who's spending money to decide whether the value is actually there for them. That's not a decision that is yours even as much as you think you can convince them that it's in line with value. When you are spending money on your joy, flowing money in the direction of your joy, you are actually enabling the well-being of this planet currently. To demonstrate what I mean, I want to paint you a picture, a beautiful picture of what currency does for us. We have a very limited view of our purchases. Let's pretend that you just went to the store and you bought a doodad, something like an iPad. The interaction did not just involve you and the store clerk. You're not just enabling a multi-billion dollar business. You are also enabling every single person whose efforts went into the making of that particular item. There are people in other countries who are working to create the parts that went into that item. And maybe they might take that money which they get from that thing, from that service they're providing, and maybe they'll send their child to college. 
Maybe they'll send their grandmother to the hospital. Maybe they'll enable their own joy. Maybe they'll start that business they always wanted to start. Think of the many thousands of people, potentially, who could be involved with that one purchase of yours. You did not just play a role in enabling that one person. You also enabled all the people that will be enabled by their next choice. So you played a role, let's just play the game, that the person who made that one tiny part that is part of the iPad who lives in another country took the money that they made and they put it towards, let's say they sent their child to college. You now played a role in enabling someone to go to college. So next time you think very limited relative to your purchases, I want you to see the big picture. Try to follow the chain of people that could potentially benefit from that one purchase and understand that you are enabling every single one of them. You're enabling them to thrive. You're enabling their well-being. The bottom line is, the job that you should be doing is what you would do, A, if you never made a cent at it, and B, if you had so much money that you didn't need the money to do it. Making money by doing that which we love the very most is just a bonus. But it's a bonus that in today's society, for most of us, is necessary. Have a good week.